You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Network. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and this is the first of our Deadline Day live specials. I wish that I could be bringing this uh, special to you with better news, with more positive news, with the news that Arsenal were closing in on a centre-forward. But unfortunately, as of now, at 11.30am, and the day's not done, uh, but it looks like Arsenal are going to miss out on Alexander Isak. It looks as though Arsenal are not going to move forward with a deal for the Swede. The reason being that Real Sociedad have indicated that they will not accept anything less than the player's 90 million euro release clause. Uh, Arsenal, according to reports, according to Mundo Deportivo in Spain today, have uh, lodged a bid of £58 million, which is around about 69 Point seven million pounds, but by my estimations, when you take into account the ex- exchange rate, it looks as though Arsenal are still twenty or so million shy of what that release clause is um, in terms of euros. So, not looking good on that front. Um, talked about it uh, a couple of times over the last few days in some of our recent streams. I, I, I repeatedly said to you guys that there was uh, discussions, there was a plan, a hope. Uh, to try and get Alexander Isak in before the end of the month. And look, maybe things will change. Maybe things will turn around between now and the 11 o'clock deadline. I don't know. But I told you guys that the big issue for Arsenal here was whether or not they'd be able to or willing to pay that 90 million euro release clause. Had this happened earlier in the window, had Arsenal turned their attentions to Isak earlier in the window, there'd have been more time to negotiate. There'd have been more time to try and find some sort of compromise on the 90 million euro fee. Um, and, and maybe the two clubs could have met in the middle, but it's deadline day. And to expect Real Sociedad to just part ways with their player for anything less than that release clause, I think was always going to be really, really ambitious. There was a small part of me over the last sort of 24 hours that felt that if things got bad, Arsenal might just go there and, and trigger that release clause and make the deal happen in, in a similar fashion to when we brought Thomas Partey to the club. But that's looking increasingly unlikely at the moment. Um, so as I say, latest on Alexander Isak is that Arsenal did make a £58 million offer to Real Sociedad yesterday that was rebuffed and that Real Sociedad have indicated they would take nothing less than the player's €90 million release clause. So that's the latest on the Swede, who is now back in San Sebastian, uh, preparing with Real Sociedad for their Copa del Rey game against Real Betis. That's according to James Bench uh, on Twitter as well. I don't know about you guys, but on deadline day, I basically sit there refreshing my Twitter feed all day. Got Sky Sports News on uh, to the right of me, and I'm desperately uh, sort of searching and hoping for some positive news because I do think that while it's not let's go mad and lose our minds, that we could have really benefited from adding an additional striking option during this month. And the fact that you know, it's looking unlikely or that we may have to turn our attentions to a more short-term fix in order to get something done ahead of the deadline. That's not something to be pleased about. It's not something to be proud of. Um, 
But I want to kind of put into context why I believe that actually deciding you don't want to pay 90 million euros for a player um, is not crazy. Um, you know, I think that I think that we've spoken about it before. I think in Dusan Vlavic's case, and although Fiorentina accepted an offer of a much lower value, I think in Dusan Vlavic's case, you could make a case within the club, couldn't you, as to why it would be worth going that extra mile for him, just given his goal record, given his outputs, given what he produces on a weekly basis. And although Alexander Isak gives you plenty, as I've talked about repeatedly, off of the ball and outside of the penalty area, et cetera, et cetera, um, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really difficult to, to justify the case to the club that 90 million euros is a fair amount for Alexander Isak when you look at the returns. There's no guarantee that he comes in and scores goals. There's no guarantee that Dusan Vlavic does that either. There's no guarantees in football. But you would argue that the player who's constantly hitting the back of the net is going to stand a greater chance of hitting the ground running. And I think that might be the issue here. You know, 90 million euros is a hell of a lot of money. And I've spoken before, I've spoken in the past about the need to not panic into making silly decisions about the need to ensure that we spend money wisely and the fact that if we do go and spend large and vast amounts of money frivolously we could be in a position that we were in a couple of seasons ago where we got an overloaded squad of players who we've paid over the top four who just aren't up to it and I think Arsenal do need uh, to be uh, cleverer, smarter in the market. I do think Arsenal maybe need to be more cautious than they have been in recent years from kind of fear of setting back the project, if that makes sense. You know, you, you're moving in a certain direction. We got rid of a load of players. We then had that big spend in the summer. This month, we moved on a load of players. But then if you go and spend stupidly and frivolously and it doesn't work out, then you're back to square one, where actually moving out those players did nothing for you. And that's what I think Arsenal will be a little bit worried about. I keep saying, be patient. I keep saying, stick to the plan. I keep saying, um, you know, that we've got to um, accept that this is going to take a while. But, you know, in this in this instance, it is frustrating. You know, it is difficult. And we know that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is edging closer towards that move to Barcelona. Uh, which is obviously um, something that I think makes sense because of the fact that he clearly isn't going to play for the Arsenal again. And so getting rid of or, or dumping as many uh, as much of his wage packet onto somebody else um, is, is a smart way of doing things and is a smart way to move forward. But you do end up in a place where you're really, really short. Lacazette and Enketia currently are only two striking options. And it's said that Eddie Enketia is going to remain at the club, that Eddie Enketia is not going anywhere. Uh, between now and the end of the window, um, which is interesting again in itself, right? Because while I was saying yesterday that we can't afford to let Enketia go and Aubameyang go without bringing a centre forward in, you are also passing up the opportunity to get, what, potentially 10, 11 million pounds in for Eddie Enketia, who's going to walk away in four or five months' time for free. So, you know, this is where the poor planning previously or the failure to get people tied down and committed to contracts previously is coming back to, to bite us on the arse. Um, look, to make it clear, I'm not a massive um, Eddie Nketiah fan. I don't think that Eddie Nketiah is good enough. I wouldn't trust him to lead the line, but 
you just look at the options that we have at the club and you can't help but feel letting him go would be somewhat irresponsible. Me personally, I'd prefer to push Martinelli up top. I really would. I'm, I'm not saying he's an actual centre forward. I don't think he is. But even still, I think he can do a better job. I think he's more of a threat than Eddie Nketiah. But um, obviously the club see it differently. Uh, just going back to the Alexander Isak bit, Arsenal legends in the chat says, but this is not a panic by uh, referring to the Swede. He can, he's young and he can adapt, Harry. What are you on about? I'm not saying he's a panic buy as a player. I'm not saying he's a player that you shouldn't look at. I've actually been quite an adv a big advocate of the idea of bringing Alexander Isak to the club. But 90 million euros, which is around about, by my calculations, 70 million pounds, is a hell of a lot of money for Alexander Isak, given the form he's been in, given the fact that Yes, he seems to have lots of different skills and lots of great qualities that he would bring to the side. But his goal return is not impressive. And ultimately, when you're signing a striker, you know, it, it's goals that you're after. You know, it's goals that bring the most value. It's why strikers cost more normally than centre-backs. It's why strikers cost more normally than right-backs or centre-midfielders, because there is a real value in the goals that they bring. And in Alexander Isak's case, I know he scored goals in previous seasons, but this season he's not been up to that standard. And so for me, while I'd like the player to come, I'm not sure you can justify paying 90 million euros for him. And that's my big issue. Um, Harry says that 90 million euros is too much for pretty much any player. That's why these release clauses are put in there. They are not meant to be paid. They're meant to be a deterrent. Absolutely spot on. There are a protection mechanism for those clubs, a, a mechanism that protects bigger clubs coming in and pinching players, unsettling the player and then forcing the club into a situation where they have to accept less money. Now, Real Sociedad can accept a lower fee if they want, but they clearly don't want to. And I understand why they don't want to. It's transfer deadline day um, and they'd be leaving themselves very, very short. So I get that. Uh, what else have we got in the chat box? Um, you know what? In fact, get your questions in, get the chat coming through, um, and I will uh, I will pick up uh, some of your comments and some of your thoughts uh, in just a moment's time. I just want to quickly remind you guys that if you haven't done so already, please do hit the like button. There's over 300 of you watching us live across the multiple platforms right now. We've only got 58 likes on the board. Let's get that up to 100 A. S-A-P. Some of you asking me what I keep glancing at to the right. I've got Sky Sports News on uh, to my right hand side. and I'm just keeping an eye on what's going on over there. Also keeping an eye on Twitter. Also live streaming simultaneously. So who said men can't multitask? Eh? Um, <laughs> please do hit the like button. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. We gained lots and lots of members uh, over the last few days. If you want to become a member, you can click on the link in the description and we'd love to have you join our Discord server and join the fun. Um, also, if you're listening via the audio platforms, we're going to take a short pause for a message from our sponsor. And we're back. Chronicles of Aguna, part two uh, of this uh, first of our deadline day specials. And we're going to bring you another live stream uh, later on today. Now, if there isn't anything significant, uh, if, if nothing breaks in the interim, then uh, then we're going to wait until later on today. Uh, later on tonight, sorry, and review the window as a whole and we'll uh, touch on maybe what's gone on elsewhere as well and, and see if there was any players that we could have potentially gone in for, et cetera, et cetera. Lots and lots to uh, 
uh, unpack either way. Uh, but if something breaks in between, I will do my best to get an additional episode out. The issue is that I'm super busy on deadline day, as you can imagine. And so I'm going to try and balance everything. Um, right. Let's go over to the chat box and see what you guys are saying. Um, lots of you uh, reporting that Aubameyang has uh, arrived in Barcelona. Yeah, it looks like that deal's happening. Um, as I said, I think it was Nicolo Shira who uh, tweeted, uh, tweeted, tweeted, tweeted about it a little while ago. It always looked like that deal was going to get done. There was an agreement reached between Arsenal and Barcelona of the, um, you know, the possibility of Aubameyang going. We know that Aubameyang was keen to make the move himself, but we didn't know exactly how much of Aubameyang's wages Barcelona were going to be able to take on. And to be honest, we still don't know that. We still don't know how much of, of that 350k a week that he's reported to earn is going to fall at Barcelona's door rather than our own. And as I've said before, look, if he's not going to play and it's clear that whatever's gone on is so severe, so serious that there is no way back for him at Arsenal, then I think it's the right move to try and offset as much of his big salary as you possibly can. And, and in my mind yesterday, when I was looking at this and thinking about this, I felt like it would be a good way of clearing the way for somebody else to come in. And I, listen, I'm still optimistic, even now uh, approaching midday on transfer deadline day, that we will get a forward in the door. I don't think it's going to be the big money, glamorous signing that we want. I, I think I'm coming around to that perspective and point of view now that we might have to settle for some sort of stopgap. But I do think Arsenal will be working very, very hard behind the scenes to try and bring someone in from fear of being left short. Going back to this whole thing about being left short, because it is a big concern of a lot of people and it's a very genuine and valid concern. I, I'm not. My issue is not with the players that we've let go. You know, I Kolasinac, Pablo Marie, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, uh, Callum Chambers. I don't want any of them in the starting eleven. I don't want any of them even around the place. Like, I, not because I have anything personally against them as guys, as human beings, just because I think it's been evident for a long, long time that they're not at the level required. And I was very willing to see Arsenal trim down the squad, um, you know, in order to facilitate new arrivals and perhaps less players, but of a higher standard. But now we're in the dangerous territory where we could leave ourselves really short. And we're only one or two injuries away from being in, in shit street, to be fair. Um, what I would say, though, is I've seen a lot on social media um, over the last sort of 24 hours, people saying, well, the season's over. Uh, no, it's not. You know, it really isn't. Arsenal are in the hunt for a top four place. Arsenal are in the hunt for a Europa League place. You know, and, and European qualification is the be-all and end-all for Arsenal this season. It would have been the objective set at the start of the campaign. It would have been uh, what, of course, uh, Arsenal were were looking to achieve. It would have been the go-to objective. So the season is not over by any stretch of the imagination. And actually, although some people are framing the fact that we're out of the cups as a negative, and obviously it is a negative in the sense of you're not in those competitions anymore and therefore you stand no chance of winning them, the positive and flip side of that is that there's less games. And so if your squad is thinner and if your squad is smaller, you hopefully, in theory, shouldn't be as affected um, by fixtures or, or by fixture schedules. So I'm I'm just hoping that if we can keep everybody fit, I don't think that that we we're in bad shape. 
if we can keep that starting eleven, which has played a lot of the games this season, and the consistency that we found in that eleven was key in us picking ourselves up off the off of the bottom of the Premier League table at the start of the season and moving forward, then I think we do stand a good chance of finishing in the top six and a good chance of even pushing for the top four. But the only risk and worry and concern now is that we've left ourselves in a place where a couple of injuries could derail that. So I get that. I get the frustration. What I don't get, though, is why people saying that the cups and stuff, aside from the obvious fact that we can't now win them, why the fact we're out of them is such a big issue in terms of achieving that objective, which I think we can all agree is to get back into Europe. Right, let's take uh, some of uh, your questions, um, some of your thoughts. Uh, big thank you to Daniel for your super chat, mate. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, he says, have a brilliant Monday, Harry. Thank you so much, mate. Uh, and to you too. Um, have a good one. Thank you uh, for your continued support of the channel. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Uh, Justin says, do you see us making a run at Calvert-Lewin? In the remaining hours, I don't. I, I really don't. I think Everton, having obviously appointed Frank Lampard, uh, now are looking to push forward. Uh, we know that they are about to bring in Donny van der Beek on loan. Um, and listen, listen, they're not a club that need to sell. They're not a club whose financial situation is at all precarious or at all difficult. They've got a lot of backing. Uh, Fahad Moshiri has been a, a huge backer at Everton ever since he got involved in the club. He's never shied away from putting his money where his mouth is. He's not always made the right decisions, clearly. Uh, but I think that Everton, I guess to put it in another way or a slightly different way, Everton won't be bullied into selling one of their prized assets on deadline day. I'd be very, very surprised. Uh, Chris says, uh, can we get Isak now, Harry? Well, we can if we trigger the release clause. But as I said to you guys yesterday, number one, I don't know that Arsenal are willing to shell out that type of money on Alexander Isak at this stage in his development. And two, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can deposit that kind of money in a one-off payment. Because as I keep mentioning throughout this transfer window, in order to trigger a La Liga release clause, you need to deposit every single penny of it up front to the league. There's no way of, of mucking around. There's no instalments. There's no structure that could be put in place to help you manage those payments. It's all or nothing. Um, and, and I'm not sure, A, as I say, we're, we're willing to do that, and B, that we can. Um, Maddie McCauley says, uh, I get the fear about ESAC, talking about the, the price tag, but this window has felt so indecisive with so many links. Kind of just want Arsenal to slap the money on the table and act like one of the big boys. I think we look stupid. I get that, Maddie. I think you make a good point. I think from the outside, it can be perceived as a lack of of decisiveness. It can be perceived as Arsenal sort of flirting with a lot of players, but never actually wanting to go that extra mile on making a deal happen. What I would say, guys, is this. Don't believe all of the links that you see. Don't believe every single one of them. Um, don't get sucked in to all of this transfer window nonsense, because there is a lot of nonsense out there. And a prime example for me of this is Bruno Guimaraes, okay? Joins Newcastle United for a fee that Arsenal could quite clearly afford, okay? There's no doubt about that. Arsenal went and submitted a much bigger bid for Dusan Vlavic. Unfortunately for us, that deal never materialised. But the this idea that Arsenal couldn't afford Bruno Guimaraes is mad. 
the idea that Bruno Guimaraes would pick Newcastle United and go into a relegation battle over the London life with Arsenal, who are challenging for Europe, for me personally, I think is madness. I, d- I don't think that that is is um, is is a, a, a realistic way of looking at it. I personally think that Arsenal were never in for Bruno Guimaraes. If they were, I'm sure they could have made that deal happen. They probably could have made that deal happen last summer as well. They didn't and they haven't. And it's a bit like the kind of Hussein Mawar thing for me of the past, right? Yep, Arsenal want him. He's at the top of the list. He's at the top of the list. He's at the top of the list. And then we see Arsenal go out and spend big amounts of big amounts of money, bigger amounts of money on players that we didn't know about. It just, to me, that tells me that sometimes we need to understand that not all of these links are genuine and not all of these links are going to come to fruition. So I think it's really important as fans that we don't get sucked in to all of them and then judge our window based on speculation. I think we need to judge the window based on what we actually end up with. Uh, What else have we got? Um, Billy Anderson says, Ramsey at private airport deciding where to fly. Choice of three clubs to join, according to Ornstein. Yeah, Aaron Ramsey uh, looks like he's going to be on the move. He was talked about as, uh, as somebody that would join Burnley. I don't know, that just doesn't feel right to me. I heard Glasgow Rangers are in with a shout now uh for Aaron Ramsey and uh I, I'm not sure who the third club is but I'm sure Aaron Ramsey will secure a move uh Anthony says uh just don't use this window as an excuse for Arteta if Arsenal finish seventh Harry I won't um you know I won't I think that I think that if we if we finish seventh then that's ex- unacceptable I've said that time and time again and whatever happens in this window is not really going to impact that um it will be regarded as a failure. Should there be some context added to that? If it does end up that we bite ourselves on the ass, i.e. did we go big on Dusan Vlavic, miss out on that and then struggle after that? Was that a problem? Was that an issue that was out of our hands? Maybe, uh, but it's not going to be used as an excuse for me. I, I can tell you that from now. Uh, what else have we got? Um, do, 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 uh, GB says, wasn't Kulusevsky on our radar as a goal-scoring wide option. Why is he now signed for Spurs? Have Arsenal been unrealistic in their pursuits of Vlavic and now Isak? Well, Kulusevsky was one that we were linked with by the papers again, right? And not one that we were, uh, you know, that we knew there was any real substance uh, to sign in. So again, like I said earlier on, don't get sucked into that. Uh, Dejan Kulusevsky Obviously, unhappy at Juventus has been for a while. A move away from Turin has been on the cards for Kulusevski for a while. Fabio Paratici is, is calling the shots at Tottenham now. And it was always likely that they were going to go and raid Juventus for any kind of excess weight that the um, the Serie A club have. And, and Kulusevski is one of those. I was never massive on Kulusevski. I think he's got the potential to do well. And I think actually one of the big things that was being spoken about in Italy last season was how Kulusevski would operate or get on under Antonio Conte. And now he's got the chance to do that. But again, going back to the original point, I don't think Arsenal were ever in in the hunt genuinely for Dejan Kulusevski. Uh, You also asked, have Arsenal been unrealistic in their pursuits of Vlavic and now Isak? Um, I think we were I don't think you, we were unrealistic. I think you've always got to aim for the very best, right? One of the things we've said about this football club repeatedly in recent seasons is there's been a lack of ambition. And now we're showing ambition by approaching players or trying to get players in the door that we think would be 
good long-term solutions and the very best solutions out there, particularly in Varvich's case. I don't think you can criticise Arsenal for their stance on that. We tried, we failed, it didn't happen. Now with Alexander Isak, we're trying, but now there comes a point, right? It's like, you know, you go in a shop, you want to buy something. I want to buy a car, right? I, I recently bought a car. I go in the showroom and I see a car that I like and they put a price uh, label on it. I try and knock them down a little bit. I'm not stupid. I know that there's only a certain margin that they'll drop down. I'm going to a dealership. It's not a, a car boot sale. I asked them if they can knock a little bit off the price, shave a little bit off the price or chuck something in like a, a bit of extra warranty. You know, it's a, I don't know, whatever it might be. But there is a point for me where I'm going to walk away from that car. I don't like the car so much that I'm going to go up an extra five grand, six grand because the salesman is really selling it to me. Or I think that I'm going to be screwed without this car. There is a cutoff point. And for Arsenal, the cutoff point on Alexander Isak is clearly lower than the 90 million euros, as we're led to believe at this moment in time praying fingers crossed because i don't care about the money i don't care how much arsenal spend it's not my money i care about the team improving but the reason we do have to be mindful of some of these sums and some of these figures is because it then has a knock-on effect on what we can do in the future and i think in the past we ignored that fact and then got to a stage where we went shit you know what we talk about kfc not spending money we talk about the club not spending money actually we've spent a shit ton of it just badly and I think that there has to be a cutoff point, and there clearly is one uh, with uh, with Alexander Isak. Uh, thank you for your question, mate. Great question, as always. Uh, Josh, UFO, uh, thank you for your super chat donation, mate. Really, really appreciate it. He says, what are the chances of Arsenal signing someone? As I said last night, I said it was a 60% chance, in my opinion, that we'd get a deal done. Um, it's gone down to 50% now because of the fact that we are at midday on deadline day at the time of recording. Uh, let's see what else we've got. Um, just uh, scrolling through the chat. Apologies uh, for the brief pause. Uh, Liam Higgins says that 90 men are now reporting that Pepe could leave on loan. Um, let me have a look at that. When has that story come out? Like, is it just come out now? Yeah, I've just seen that. Um, Graham Bailey's really good with his transfer stuff. Uh, he, he always gets really good information. Um, I'm not sure that this is going to happen, man. I'm not sure that this is going to happen. He says, uh, Arsenal prepared to let club record signing Nicolas Pepe depart the club on loan before the transfer window closes. Pepe has impressed at times since making a £72 million move from Lille, but struggled this season making just nine Premier League appearances. Now sources have told 90 men that he could leave the Emirates Stadium before tonight's deadline. Any departure would be on loan, with Pepe still having two and a half years to run on his contract. 90 Min understands that an unnamed Spanish club are confident of agreeing a deal for the winger, while there's been no interest this month for German and French sides. Could it be Real Sociedad? Just going to throw that out there. Could it be Real Sociedad? Could it be a sweetener in getting Alexander Isak for less than the release clause? Don't know. Uh, but I don't know anything about that story. I'm, I'm not going to comment on it because... I don't know that it's wrong and I don't know that it's right. Um, but I will try and find out a little bit more on that uh, ahead of our stream later on. Uh, let's see what else we've got um, in the chat box. 
<laughs> Wes Bird, love this. Sky Sports to the right, Twitter to the left. Here Harry is stuck in the middle with us. Love that. Love that. Brilliant stuff. Uh, let's keep scrolling through. Uh, big hello to uh, Thomas. Uh, thank you for your very, very kind donation, mate. Um, really, really appreciate it. Um, it's a Norwegian Krona. So you, I'm assuming, Thomas, that you're based uh, in Norway. Uh, thank you so much, mate. Uh, one of our members, too. He says, this transfer window takes my work. At, sorry, let me go again. This transfer window takes my focus away from work, Harry. Normally, I listen to audio content, but today it's live on YouTube. Let's get a striker, please. Mate, I can't tell you when, uh, how much when I was not working in, in the football world, deadline day was a distraction for me. It got to the point where one of my previous managers, uh, she used to look at the calendar. She used to talk to her husband, who was a big football man, um, about deadline day and put it in the diary. And she used to roster my day off. So at that point, we used to work at five days, but one of them would be a Saturday normally. And you'd get a day off in the week as an exchange for that. And what, what I would happen, uh, what would happen is that they'd look at the calendar, understand that I'd be of absolutely no use to anybody on that day and roster me off. Um, but yeah, I, I feel your pain, man. I, I really, really do. And thank you for the kind donation, mate. Really, really do uh, appreciate all your donations, all your questions, all your interactions, all your likes, uh, everything. Thank you uh, all so much because it's been... Um, a really, really uh, busy, uh, busy month. And uh, it's great to have the support as well to go along with it and make it all worth it. Um, let's see uh, what else we've got. Uh, Inny Inyang, uh, thank you for your donation, mate. Really, really appreciate it. He says, morning, Harry. Are you as interested to see if Oba tells all after his loan move? Um, I'm interested to know his side of the story. Doesn't mean I'm going to believe it, just like I won't fully believe everything the club say. I think that you have to try and find a middle ground. Normally, when you hear two sides to a story, the truth is somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, of course, it'd be interesting to hear what he has to say on that. And what has happened that has led to this uh, point where Arsenal would rather um, not reintegrate him and send him out on loan and essentially pay him a chunk of his wages to represent someone else and leave us with Eddie Nketiah and Alexander Lacazette? be really really interested uh to know what exactly has gone on there uh do you know what i'm going to reach out to old uh to old graham bailey and find out uh exactly what's going on with that pepe stuff because a lot of you are um are worried about that um and, and and i am too you know i was thinking that one of the positives of of this uh this next couple of weeks is that nicolas pepe will come back and i've always said that nicolas pepe for me while he's not perfect is somebody who can um, who can offer something, who can um, who can be a goal threat, who can cause chaos in opposition penalty areas and in and around them, who isn't always blowing hot. Sometimes he blows cold, but um, I just think it. Um, you know, I, I think he's a good squad member, and I, I don't really want to lose him, especially not on loan. You know, if, if you said to me that someone's come in. I've offered £35 million for Nicolas Pepe, whose Arsenal career has never really gotten going. And we're trying to recuperate as much of that initial £72 million investment as we made. I'd understand that more than weakening us further by sending the guy out on loan. Just absolute madness. Uh, big hello to uh, Muzamil Sweb, who says, uh, Hi, Harry, thanks for the show. Thank you for tuning in, mate. He says, I hate panic buys. This is something Arteta... Uh, 
Arteta, Arteta and Edu uh, would have done early. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of of panic buys either. Um, Billy Anderson says, uh, what car did you buy, Harry? Just out of interest. Bet it was a Ferrari, a gift from Arsenal. I can assure you that I do not drive a Ferrari. Um, I, I can promise you that. No, I had to buy a family car. I'm a family man nowadays. Um, yeah, finally. Uh, well, no, it was a while ago now. Parted ways with my uh, lad's car and I've now got a family car. Yeah, not anywhere near as fun. I can tell you that. Uh, what else have we got in the chat box? Um, hold on. Uh, Wagner says, uh, are the Cronkies trying to sell off Arsenal through the back door? It's like a fire sale at the moment, man. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a really interesting point that you raised there. You know, does this indicate the fact that we're clearing ship? Does it indicate that Arsenal are maybe, or that the owners are maybe considering um, doing away with the club? I, I don't think there's enough to suggest that, but it's just, it's just, it's just, it's an interesting thought. Um, and I'd never really thought of it that way. So interesting comment. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Look, uh, the LA Rams obviously uh, won their game last night. I don't know what to call it. I'm not a big American football fan. I don't know hardly anything about it. But I know the LA Rams have made the Super Bowl and Stan Kroenke gave a rare interview and actually just watching that interview. And I, and I knew that I wasn't going to be interested in the contents of it. Like I knew that I wasn't going to care about the LA Rams or uh, or the Super Bowl. You know, the best bit for me about the Super Bowl is the uh, halftime show. Uh, so I knew that I wasn't going to be overly interested in what he had to say. But because we so rarely hear from him, I wanted to hear what his voice was like. I wanted to hear what he talks like. And it just in it, it just irritated me more than anything. I don't know, call me bitter. I don't know. But anyway, um, let's keep running through the chat box. Loads of car comments coming up now. <laughs> Uh, where is it? Uh, Banos says, uh, I bet it was Harry who bought the Rolls Royce with the ESAC number plates. Yes, sitting on my driveway. Uh, Adian Davis says, Hi, Harry, where's your yellow tie for transfer deadline day? <laughs> I sent it back this morning uh, when I saw that, that it, it's unlikely we're going to do anything massive uh, between now and the end of the window. I, I don't think I own a yellow tie. I did look on Amazon for one the other day because um, we were laughing and joking about it, uh, about wearing them on the uh, 90 min transfer deadline day show, which is coming up today, by the way, four till 6 p.m. Uh, the usual gas tank lads, but lots and lots of special guests will be joining us as well, uh, which is going to be interesting. People representing different clubs. Uh, I think we've got an agent coming on, um, an ex-pro. So lots and lots to um, to get your teeth into there. So that's from four till 6 p.m. Uh, UK time today. So come and join us uh, for that. Right. Uh, what else do we have in the live chat box? Uh, Alexis Sanchez, not the Alexis Sanchez, I'm sure. He says, Harry, end of season. If Arteta don't get top six, should he be sacked, right? Or he should be sacked, right? I, I, I think it will be a failure. I think it would definitely be a failure on what we set out to do. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, he should be sacked. Because if we finish seventh and we missed out on goal difference, and it was because we had a shit ton of injuries, um, or we were robbed by a referee or something like that, then it's, it, it changes the context of things. But I would say that the season was a failure. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd, I'll commit to that. Um, but again, context is everything. And unfortunately, nowadays, uh, a lot of people, I'm not saying you, mate, but a lot of people in general just just completely ignore context. And I, I don't really get um, 
I don't really get how you can really make fair assessments and judgments on stuff without applying that. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, let's go back over and check in where we're at on the likes at the moment. 151 likes on the board, but there's 700 of you uh, with us live right now. Come on, guys. Let's get up to 250 likes at minimum. The likes really, really do help. Um, and they really do get the content out there in front of as many people as possible. Uh, Chris says, Harry, do you know anything about Raul de Tomas? Now, we were linked with Raul de Tomas a little bit earlier in the window. That, by my estimations, uh, appears to have gone a little bit quiet. So I'm not sure that there's anything in the pipeline for Raul de Tomas. But if you are interested uh, in hearing a little bit more about him, we did a show uh, the other week, it was myself, Mike Stavru, and La Liga expert um, Jonas Yeva, and he gave us a bit of a download on Raul de Tomas, as well as Alexander Isak and Luka Jovic, who we've been linked with too. That episode uh, came out five days ago, and it's titled Arsenal linked with Luka Jovic, Alexander Isak, and Raul de Tomas uh, after suffering Vlavic blow. So that's the title of the video. Um, if you go back and check that video out, uh, Jonas Yeva in the first sort of half an hour of the show gives us a bit of a download on on him. So, uh, yeah, if you want to find out more, uh, go ahead. Uh, let's see um, what we've got. Uh, Georgios uh, Pichili says, man, why do you pronounce your surname wrong? How am I supposed to pronounce my own surname, mate? <laughs> Let me know. Uh, it says keep up with the good job. Um, what else have we got? Um, Steve Stone says, uh, if we don't spend this window, could it be that Arsenal are actually doing better than Josh was expecting? Was the plan to just get top six, then spend in the summer? Uh, yeah, I've been saying this uh, for a while, Steve. I think that although the club and Edu specifically were very uh, reluctant to give out any clear targets or, or commit to anything concrete, they they clearly have a target internally. And, and I believe that that target would have been to get Arsenal back into Europe and get Arsenal back into the top six before going big in the summer. I think what happened, as I keep saying, was that circumstances, i.e. other clubs not performing as well as they should have, and then, of course, what's happened internally with the likes of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang have led to many of us feeling that that plan needs to be accelerated. Um, and in particular in the pursuit of a striker. And I don't think that Arsenal see it that way. I think Arsenal would prefer uh, to be a little bit more conservative until the summer and bring in the players that they actually want, as opposed to being rushed into business that might not be the right business for the longer term. That's how I see it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that the circumstances mean that we're in a place where we can challenge for the top four and we are short up front. So why would you not try and rectify that now? when there's an opportunity to do so. But I'm just trying to think outside of my mindset and what might be going on in the heads of those running the clubs. Uh, and that, and that's that's kind of the conclusion I've come to as well. Um, big hello to Stephen Jacob. He says, big up, Harry. Just joined in wondering what's happening today and what's your thoughts. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, man. Uh, I wish I could tell you lot everything. I wish I could give you all the download. But as I've said to you before, I'm, I'm not in the business of pretending to know stuff that I don't um you know, I told you that Arsenal had opened negotiations over Alexander Isak on Saturday night. Um, and it's now being reported by other outlets that we had a bid rejected on Sunday um, for Alexander Isak that was in the region of £58 million. 
around about 69.7 million euros, but still 20 or so million euros shy of that release clause that uh, they really want. Um, they really want uh, they, they want to receive. Otherwise, they're not going to let him go. Simple as that. Thomas says, uh, cheers from Norway with lots of hope to get created. He wants to create a Nordic attacking force by adding Isak there. Keep on your organic work and growth. Thank you so much, mate. And thank you uh, for your support. Uh, Shreyas said, um, what are your thoughts on Morata? I feel he is overhated. I agree with you. And I talked about this on a stream a few days ago. I think it was on Saturday morning. We talked about the idea of Alvaro Morata to Arsenal and why that wouldn't be the worst business in the world. I was shot down by so many people for saying that. But I do think as a short-term option and short-term solution, if that's a deal we could get done, I'd be quite open to it. And I think it'd actually be uh, quite smart. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, da, da, da. Uh, George Davis says uh, Schick release clause is 64 million. Um, Patrick Schick, um, um, Schick release clause is is 64 million pounds. Look, I, I'm I liked Patrick Schick at the Euros, but I don't know enough to to say. Uh, whether or not he'd be a good signing moving forward. Um, and I certainly wouldn't spend £64 million on him. I, I think that's the prime example of, of the kind of signing we don't want to make. The signing that is for the now, but isn't really looking at the future. And unfortunately, because of our, you know, the way we're operating, the way we're run as a football club, we have to be doing business for the long term. I think that's what this project is built around. And I'm not sure that Schick is is the answer there. Uh, George, you're uh, correcting me on... Um, on how to pronounce my name. I know that's how it's pronounced and that's how I say it in Greek, Simeo, but this is the anglicized version, right? Um, you've got to get uh, people to uh, to be able to say it here in the UK, which is not always easy with Greek names, as those of you uh, will know. But you, you, you're spot on um, in terms of that. But the way I say it in English is obviously uh, very, very different. Um, right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Uh, da, da, da. uh harry fenwick says it do you think this is the worst window you can think of to date harry um oh my god i've just noticed your picture <laughs> i love it love it wicked picture man um wicked picture uh that you know what i've got to take a picture of that that's cool man that's cool um for those of you listening on the audio harry fenwick's display picture is a picture with me at the Emirates stadium thank you so much mate as I always say to you guys, right, I don't see your faces when we're on here. You guys see mine. So you recognize me and say hello. But it's not easy for me to put a face to the name because I don't see your faces. So I do really appreciate when people come up and say hi uh, at the games. Big hello to Harry as well. Hope you're doing well, man. He says, do you think this is the worst window you can think of to date, Harry? Not the worst window ever. Um, you know, we've done kind of half the job in terms of moving out crap. But the second part of the job is is unfinished. But I think we've had bad windows in the past you remember that window we panicked and brought in like Andre Santos and a load of poor players like that uh who weren't up to standard so no I, I don't think it's the worst window ever but I think it could be looked on uh looked back on as one of the worst windows ever if if we if we fall apart in the remainder of the season and and the lack of business comes back to bite us in the arse but there is a chance as well and and look I know that I keep saying this and I know that I keep urging kind of caution and calm, but there is a good chance that this thing we're panicking about of being left short doesn't actually bite us in the arse and we do actually move forward and achieve our goals. In which case, 
actually moving a lot of these crap players out and not overspending on someone that we weren't 100% sold on will look like a stroke of genius because you'll go into the summer with a fresh slate. Don't have to spend the beginning of the summer moving people away, et cetera, et cetera. You just have to focus on bringing in the players you want. So it could work out to be a masterstroke. There's a chance it doesn't, but there's a chance it is. And that's why, as I said to you guys yesterday, when people were saying to me, why are you so... Why are you always trying to be so optimistic and so positive? I, I just don't like to jump on things before they happen. Like I, I don't, I get the idea of foresight and I get the idea of trying to predict and trying to mitigate risks by taking action early. But I don't understand this, um, you know, and I'm not talking about anyone specifically, but I don't understand this almost outrage culture where you want to be pissed off about something before it's actually happened. And before it's blown up in your face, uh, Sam Tonk says, do you think we keep lacquer? Yeah, um, I do. I think we probably give him an extension. Um, I think lacquer's probably biding his time, wants to see what will be on the table come the summer. Can he find a deal that's maybe more worth his while, i.e. a longer term on the contract, given his age? Can he find a bigger salary somewhere? I think he's keeping his options open, but I do think ultimately he'll probably stay. Uh, for a little bit longer. Uh, Mohammed says, uh, read my comment, Harry. I've missed it, mate. Please drop it back in there. Uh, apologies. There's so many comments coming through that I do miss them from time to time. He says, nice haircut, by the way. Thanks, Mohammed. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Uh, Raphael Lim says, hi, Harry. Many thanks for the great show with your analytical skills. You'd be an important member of my strategic planning team. Thank you. <laughs> Keep it up, he says. Brilliant. Uh, what else have we got? Um, Gary the Gunner says, morning, Harry. I stayed up all night and there is no news. I feel the ineptitude of those in charge of this new process we're in and can't keep up good thoughts for our future. They've got to go. Interesting. I, I just, again, I, I'll, I'll circle back to that point um, I made a little bit earlier on. That for me, I understand the concern. I'm not sitting here saying, everybody stay calm, chill out. There's nothing to be worried about. There is plenty to be worried about. There is plenty to to that could potentially go wrong. But um, let's see how the season pans out. Because as I say, if you, if you manage to finish in the top four, top five even, um, with a smaller squad that is all aligned and is all singing from the same hymn sheet and then have the ability to go out in the summer and do deals that you want to do um, without the pressures that come with a really short window in January, then it could be looked back on as a masterstroke. It could also be a, a horrible failure as well. But let's let's try and keep the faith a little bit. You drive yourself mad um, if you don't, <laughs> is, is what I always say. Um, what else have we got? Do, 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 do. Uh, lots of you sharing some transfer news regarding other clubs in the chat box as well, which is cool. Um, uh, do, 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 just scrolling through. Um, <laughs> Harrison uh, replying to one of the comments in the chat says, uh, you're living in La La Land if you think Arsenal will sign Haaland. Yeah, look, I think that's... Um, I think that's a little bit overambitious at this stage. Look, the, the point I keep making, and it's the point I was making around um, uh, around Vlavic at the time, is we're still in a place as a football club where we have to convince, we have to sell the project to people because we're not there yet. You know, the, the proof is not in the pudding. The proof is 
being cooked up but it's not you know it's not that we ha we haven't got the pudding there to show to people yes look we're a champions league club come and join us everything that we do is based on the assumption or the hope that we will get there but we're not there now and that makes it difficult to get players and and on the one hand you're saying we have to aim for the very best and i get that and, and we should be aiming for the very best where possible but by the other token you can't be surprised when the likes of lavic or harland or anybody else that we might go for feel that their future is better elsewhere because it's just the way things are at the minute. Right. Uh, there's over 700 of you with us right now. There's 226 likes on the board. Come on, guys, let's get that up to 300. 300 is is realistic and it really, really helps. The more likes on the stream, the more uh, people it gets put in front of, the more views we get, the more subscribers we get, the quicker the channel grows, the better the channel grows. And um, and obviously that means the world to me. Um, bigger the channel grows, uh, the more views the channel drives, et cetera, et cetera, the more time I get to spend on it as a freelancer. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Thomas says that Charles Watts is hinting no signings uh, this window. A, a lot of people have mentioned it, um, that some of the big sources, if you like, over the course of, of this month of or the last few days have been really, really quiet. Um, and, and, and I agree with that, but you know they they're not going to they're not going to report stuff that they don't believe to be true and they're not going to just report stuff for the sake of it so that, that's not really um something that they should be criticized for they if they've been quiet it's because they don't have any information that anything's happening and um you'd rather they don't report nonsense than report stuff just to say that they've been active over the last few days believe me a journalist this is their you know this is the time where they can make their name in a transfer deadline. So if they're not really doing, or not that they're not doing much, they're doing loads behind the scenes, but if they're not really putting out much, that's not because they don't want to be. It's because they don't, they don't have anything to put out really. Okay. Um, I think we're going to leave it there. We're going to be back a little bit later on today. Um, turn your uh, bell sign on, subscribe to the channel and hit the little bell so that your notifications uh, come on because, um, we will be back a little bit later on today. We'll definitely be back late tonight. We might try and squeeze another one in if uh, something breaks or something comes up. Uh, but of course, it's um, it's a really, really uh, a busy day, crazy day at this moment in time. So let, let's get those likes up. Uh, some of you say if you hit the likes up, we'll sign Isak. Yeah, let's get to 300 uh, in the next two minutes and we'll, we'll sign Alexander Isak. There you go. We can present it to Arsenal as reason. Uh, to go out and break the players' release clause. Okay, uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate your support. Really appreciate you joining me on this transfer deadline day because I know there's tons of streams going on, on in tons of different places. So to actually have you, got so many of you here, uh, obviously is is brilliant. And it's uh, great to see it. So many of you have chosen uh, to spend at least an hour of your transfer deadline day with me. Anyway, thank you. We'll be back later on with more. Fingers crossed we'll have something more significant to talk about. Until then, goodbye. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.